0: You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Okay, we have a video we're going to start with. Turn the lights down. <laughs> Music, make sure the volume's up. It's not. See? Oh, yeah. i mean the Lord. we got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. band back together forget it Don't way. we're on a mission from god matt me and elwood putting the band back together ma'am you gotta understand that this is a lot bigger than any domestic problems you might be experiencing would it make you feel any better if you knew that what we're asking matt here to do is a holy thing you see we're on a mission from god First you trade the Cadillac for a microphone, then you lie to me about the band. now you're gonna put me right back in the joint. They're not gonna catch us. We're on a mission from God. 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Lord works in mysterious ways. Yep. You know, one thing that people can never accuse us of is proclaiming a gospel of a God that works in mysterious ways at River City Church. This is so true. I am so excited about what God is doing at River City Church, the mission that He has called us to. You know, we talk a lot about you've heard me give talks about us being a charismatic church. What does that mean? And uh, recently, we were in an advisory council meeting, and I said, above all else, we are a missional church. We are a church that is on a mission from God. That is who we are, that's what we're about, and all the other things that we do are a means to that end. And the mission that God has us on is a mission of rescue, it's a mission of love, it's a mission of grace. And this mission is central to who we are. And, I'm just, and, and again, our, our four values are all, an ends to this, uh, you know, are all a means to this end. You know, We say intimacy with the Father is the foundation that everything comes from, beginning with this reality that God loves us. He wants us to experience this love. As we experience this love, that's why I'm, gonna, I'm in the middle of a thing on the Song of Solomon that we'll get back to in the new year about the importance of experiencing God's love. It's not until we experience the grace and the love of Jesus and that our heart is transformed that any of our efforts in our mission matter, have power, can bring transformation. And then we say, the way that that happens is ministering through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we minister with a power that is not our own. And and, And when we're doing that, we're not exhausted, we're not burdened, we're not guilty, we're not doing things because we should, we're doing things because we want to, we're filled with the power of God that's doing all the work. We're making an effort, but the power of transformation is in Him. And then the third thing is loving the poor. Loving the poor, ministering to people that are different from us, ministering to people who are poor economically, poor socially, poor their in their spiritual in the spiritual sense, broken, lost, the least, of the last, of the last, all of that comes from that it 's just not a physical poor it 's poor in a way that they need to experience life to the full and then evangelism is our fourth value and we do these things, these are our values because Jesus we say that these values were central to the ministry and the mission of Jesus Christ, and because Jesus Christ is our master, and we follow him. We understand that we are called to do not only do the things that He did, but to do them in a way that is consistent with the way Jesus did them. And we see this as the progression of how Jesus accomplished the ministry that His Father gave for for Him to do, and then for all of us to do. Okay. And again, bringing people into the Father's love is first. But so often, what I see as young believers or people who come to River City Church or people who are new to their faith or after the life course, it's like they scale up the values backwards. They become a believer, they experience God's love and then they kind of quit pursuing his love and and they've been conditioned because we're living in the Bible belt. that Oh, I got to start, I got to tell everyone about this and they start doing evangelism or I have to go to the street corner or I have to go serve at the share shop or I have to go to the medical clinic. I have to do these things to maintain experiencing God's love. And what happens is, I see this, especially with young people, you know, in the high school, in the college age, especially, you know, they experience God's love. They want everyone to know about it, but instead of pursuing more of God's love, they begin to pursue the ministry of God and their hearts, their flesh, their, their minds, their emotions are not ready for the world and what the, how the world can pull on them. And so instead of bringing people up to experience Christ, the world actually struggles and pulls them down. And the result is they feel guilty The result is they're exhausted and tired. The result is there's no fruit. The result is you spend time taking people to the bars and having a beer with them or going dancing with them or having them over for movies or whatever, and there's no life transformation. The fruit, the fruit is what we need to see in life. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be doing those things. We should be doing all those things. But all of those things will only bear fruit when they're being empowered by God's love. But because of our insecurities, because of the way we've been wounded, because of Our identity, believing and struggling with the love that we want or the approval we want from man to be seen at the street corner, at these social ministries, we climb up these values backwards and we end up burning out. We end up burning out. People come to me, and you've heard me say this, and say, "Hey, man, I'm burned out. I'm tired. I'm doing this, that, and the other." I'm like, Well, you spending time with the Lord?" They're like, "No, man, I don't have time to. I'm doing this ministry, though. I'm doing this, this, and this." I'm like, "Where are you? Have you ever gone to soaking?" "No, no, no. I'm just doing this, this, and this." "Have you ever, have you ever spent time receiving? Do you come up front for prayer?" "Well, I go pray for people when this time to prayer. Are you receiving anywhere? Are you spending time in the Word? Are you worshiping? What are you doing?" And they're like, "I'm doing ministry." I'm like, "Bro, or sister, you're not burned out. You were never on fire." You know, you never got lit. You got a spark, it sounds like. And that spark set you off into doing ministry instead of being with God. Now, this is what all of this has to do with giving. When we talk about giving, when we talk about being on the mission that God has for us, it has to come from a place of experiencing God's love and God's grace. Because if it doesn't, it is, it is a waste. It is a waste, it is a waste. It will have no power. It will have no life. And it will feel, you'll, feel, you'll be motivated by guilt, obedience, and burden. And that's not what God desires. God desires for you to experience his grace and his love. And out of that, as you experience the abundance of God's love for you, the grace of God's love for you, then you will naturally want to be a part of the mission that he has for you. Everything, everything that we do for Christ, including our giving, should come out of experiencing and understanding God's love and grace. Now, what I mean by experiencing God's love and grace, that's not, oh, I came to the life course and I got the warm tinglys and my ears started to shake real hard and I fell over. That maybe be... The manifestation of your body experiencing God's love and grace, but you can experience God's love and grace through reading a great book and God teaching you about grace. You can experience God's love and grace through understanding a new revelation in the Word as you study God's love and grace or as you study the attributes of God. So it's not about a feeling or an emotion, even even though those things often complement the ministry and the work of the Spirit, but but the fruit is when you give, when you engage in the mission of God's ministry. Are you filled with life? Are you filled with love? Not that there won't be times of burden and obedience, because there will, but in general, are you always tired? Are you always filled with joy? Are you tired, or are you always filled with joy? Everything that Jesus did was exactly what the Father told him to do. Before Jesus' ministry ever started, before he did anything and the mission that his father had for him, he was baptized, the Holy Spirit said, came and dwelt in him, and the father, he heard the words of the father, this is my son whom I love. That's the foundation for all of his ministry. This is my son whom I love. This is what's most important about you, Jesus. This is the foundation for everything. You are my son, and I love you. And then out of that, it says, the spirit filled him, and he was led, to, to, he came back and began his ministry. The desert was a place where that truth was grounded into him. Are you going to serve yourself, Jesus? Or are you going to serve me? And Jesus chose to be on the mission of his father. And from that point on, we see Jesus only doing what the father did. The only way Jesus could have done that is if he was continually going back to the place, listening to the father and hearing the words, you're my son and I love you. Here are the things that I have for you to do today. That's the only way Jesus could have done it. It says he was fully man, heard from the Spirit, was led by the Spirit, and dwelt by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, just like we're called to. So as we talk about giving today, I want to talk about it in the frame of, uh, of a particular scripture at 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 9. And know this, when I talk about giving, specifically today, I'm asking you to give in the direction of this mission, the mission of River City Church. It's a, it's a, specific, it's a specific call in our church to do the ministries that God has called us to. And this is, if this is your family, what I'm, gonna, what I'm going for today, if this is the place where you're experiencing God's grace, where you're experiencing God's love, then this also needs to be the place where you're reflecting and demonstrating that being poured back out into the ministries of this church. There's lots of ministries that you can be, we're not saying you shouldn't be involved in other ministries, but I'm saying if this is a place where you're experiencing God's love and God's grace, then you need to be contributing to the mission that we're on as a family. Because if you don't, you will lose heart. This story that uh, Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 9, I'm not going to be able to go into the depth of everything that I wanted to, but basically the context of the story, when he's talking to the Corinthians church, he's holding up these other churches. The Corinthian church has been faulty in their giving as a church to the mission that God has called them on. Okay, They've been faulty. They've been doing other things well. But one of the areas that Paul is drawing distinction to, and he's calling them to, is he's exhorting them, is to, the, is, is to financially giving of their time, of their resources, of their efforts, to the specific ministry that the Corinthian church is called to. And so what happens is, he holds up these other Macedonian churches... I'm not, not going to go through all that now, that, um, that lacked in, in, in prosperity, that lacked in the things that the Corinthian church didn't lack in, but they still gave. In the midst of their poverty, in the midst of their brokenness, in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of, of, of bad situations, Paul says, look at them. They continued in the act of grace. And, and Paul directly associates this reality of experiencing God's grace being filled with God's love and his grace. And when we understand that, we experience that, that will lead to us contributing and sharing that grace then as an act of grace to the rest of the world and to the mission that God has called us onto. And so that's just a brief history. I'm gonna run through this, explaining what some of these phrases mean. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God It begins with grace that has been given among the churches of Macedonia, For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance and joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. And a wealth of generosity, it's just not, they're not talking about money here. They're talking about the fruit of the spirit being poured out, the power of the spirit being poured out, along with all of their other resources, okay? For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us for the favor of taking part and the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but that they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he start as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. Again, tying giving to grace, as you experience God's grace that he should continue the way that this grace that you've experienced is fulfilled is in giving, it's following through. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this, specifically talking about giving, act of grace. And it goes on to say in the next little bit, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others, by the testimony of the Macedonian church, that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich... Yet for your sake, he became poor so that you might buy his poverty, that you might become rich. I'm gonna talk about that verse in December. I'm gonna take that out. So just, I wanted to say that because again, I wanted to show that that it's our grace, the experience of our grace of our Lord. It begins with Jesus and it goes back to Jesus. It's our experience of him seeing what he did, that he was rich, he created the world and the eternal presence of the Trinity. He had everything, he had everything. And he gave it all up and became poor like us. He came to be a human being like us, humbled himself like us. We read this in Second Philippians also. So that we might become rich. So that we might experience the heavenly blessings that he had experienced before the creation of the world. That's what he's talking about, us becoming rich, not financially rich. He's talking about pouring out the blessings of heaven. The, the, the intimacy with the Father and the Spirit that he knew, that he gave up. And the glories and the riches of heaven that he gave up so that we might experience those things. And so we see this picture of Paul showing us and telling us we need to understand the relevance and the importance of giving in our life. Because it is the fulfillment of our experience of grace and love. It is out of our experience of grace and love that we will want to give. And he's saying, Corinthians, look at this church. Look at this church. There was a time where God and in this, in this, these three churches that Paul had started, they, they discovered gold. And these churches became really wealthy and really rich in the world. But over the, as the economy declined, so did their poverty increase. But while all of that was happening, the Corinthians church was, a, was, a, was on a, a big water area. What's that called? A bay. It's not a bay. It's, what's called? A port. It was a port city. Exactly. It's on a bay, river, lake, whatever, body of water. Anyway, it's on a port city. And so while the gold and the economy tanked, you can relate to this, tanked in their own country, all of these port cities like Corinthia, they did really well. And so God, we see this contrast that even though they had nothing, their response was to give more. And not only to give more and what was required, but they were begging us to give. They wanted to give. Why would they do that? Because they wanted to be filled with joy. How could they be filled with joy when they were giving in the midst of their poverty? Because Jesus filled them with the love and the joy that comes, that goes beyond the circumstances of our world. And so as you're sitting there thinking, man, our economy's tanked. I'm really struggling. I don't have money. The promise of Christ is that you, like the Thessalonian church, can continue to engage in giving. Being wealthy is not the invitation to give. The experience of grace and love in Jesus Christ is the invitation to give. Because that's what he's saying here. What Paul's saying here is that this gift that you've received, this grace, this love that you've received, finish it through, guys. Finish it through like this other church who was begging us, who had nothing. Finish it through to this final act in the final way, which is the demonstration of giving financially to the mission of God. Because in doing so, you bring attention to God, you glorify God, you lift up God. You know, if people, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't experience God's, I don't, I'm one of those people, I've never experienced God's love. I have a hard time experiencing God's love. I have a hard time experiencing God's grace. This passage is saying, then you need to give. Not that you're buying his grace and his love, but Jesus alludes to this reality that we, what, what our heart has been impacted by, what we believe to be true, we will give our money to. And when we give our money to those things, we begin to follow those things. You see, there's people in the world, they're talking a lot about Bill Gates right now, how much money he's given, right? Warren Buffett, how much money he's given away right now. Stephen King, how much money he's given. Angeline Jolie, how much money they're giving away. It's all over the news. And you read these quotes from them. And in these quotes, you see them saying things. Um, uh, Warren Buffett was saying, you know, I never knew my whole life, I asked the question, why have I been given so much money? Why do I have so much money? And he said, I finally realized it's because it's to, it's to give away. It's to give away. And so he's giving these huge chunks of money away. And Bill Gates, the same thing. Angeli Jolie was talking about how she, she literally, her quote is, I'm more at home doing more of what I'm, I know I'm doing more of what I'm supposed to be doing when I'm working with these kids in these world world, third world countries and giving to them. These are people because of God's general grace to everyone who are experiencing the blessings that come with giving and sacrifice in large chunks. And they're not even part, I'm not saying they're not Christians, I don't know about them, but we know that they're not in the, they're not like on a Christian speaking tour about giving right now, right? And so when we hear about these people giving, who's glorified? They are, they are, they're glorified. They're the ones who are lifted up. They're the ones who get the attention. But as Christians, understanding that we are on a mission from God, our grace, as we experience God's grace, we give to the mission of God through the church. No one knows about it. The church is becoming who she's created to be, the bride of Christ, preparing for Christ's return. As we participate in the mission that God has given us as a church, then God is glorified. It's not about us. It's not about Antley. It's not about David. It's not about whoever, and I could go through the names of the people who are involved in leadership in the church. It's about us as a church finishing the act of grace that we've experienced at River City Church. We've come in, we've been broken, we've been wounded, we've been confused, we've been lied to. We're wounded emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and we experience God's love, and we experience God's grace, and God and Paul is exhorting us here, then finish the act of grace that you've experienced and give back to the mission that I've called you to give to. Give back in your resources, give back in your time, give back in your money. And you might be thinking, again, I don't have so much to give away. And the story of those really wealthy people, that's easy to say. I don't have as much of them to give away. But I'm, I'm illustrating in that story that the greatest reason to give, if, if you're like me, a little bit selfish, is to get the goodness that comes from giving. It's to get the joy. It's to get more of the grace. It's more of the dependence on God. It's so, we don't have time to look at it. When we look at that passage of Paul talking to the the Corinthian church, there are all these contrasts that even though they were poor, they gave. And even though they were suffering, they experienced joy. And there's this paradigm shift. And what happens when we're obedient and we follow through with the grace we've received and the love we receive received, when we're obedient that way, what happens contradicts the things of the world. It doesn't make sense. It's supernatural. And people look at you and they go, wait a minute, that has to be God. That has to be God. They would only do that. They would only have that joyful response in the midst of their poverty and their suffering as if if God was breaking in and doing something supernatural in their life. And again, Jesus says, "Where your heart is, your follow, wherever your heart is. Your heart will always follow your treasure." Is the best way to say that. Your heart will always follow your treasure. One of the things I treasure the most are my kids. And if I, and if anything, aside from Lauren, my love and my relationship with her, the second priority, third priority in my life, because God's first, that should be, I should say that in first, but um. Are my children, And wanting my children to experience and to know the kingdom of God. And recently in a, um, in kids crew, actually it was on a Wednesday night. We are talking to our children about experiencing God. What in your life have you experienced that knows, that, that lets you know that you're, that you're being led by God. That lets you know that you're experiencing God. And this little person in the classroom raised their hand and they said, they said, I know we're experiencing God. And, people, and the kids were saying, like, love. And they're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy. I'm experiencing this joy. I'm experiencing this love. And this little boy raises his hand. And he says, he says um, I know my family is being led by God. And we're experiencing God's love. Because we're supposed to go on this vacation. And my family told me that we are giving all that money to the church. And so giving... Giving has to be one of the things that we're doing to experience God's love. True story. True story. If you want your children to experience God's love, one of the things that you need to be showing them, one of the things that you need to be living out in their life, is giving in a way that demonstrates that you are for the mission of God. This little kid said, we're giving our money to the church, we're staying home, we're going to be involved with what the church is doing over Christmas. He didn't care about a stinking vacation. He was excited and filled with joy because he could point to something that assured him he was being led by God and that he was being loved by God. He was experiencing the joy that comes in giving. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you choose for whatever reason, to not give to the mission of River City Church. And again, this is between you and God and how much you give. The reality is that you will stop being interested in the mission of River City Church. If you give to a mission in Haiti and there's an earthquake, guess what you're doing? You're praying. If you know the people are in Haiti, you're praying, you're calling, you're trying to find out about those people that you're loving, and you're supporting, where your money is. That's where your treasure is, you're calling them. I have kids that were my Young Life campaigner group. They started a mission over there and they were there when the earthquake happened. I was making calls to the senator trying to find a way to get them home. I mean, because I'd given in that direction. My heart was connected to them and our efforts, our desires, our life will follow where our treasure is. If this is your church, then this is your mission. If this is your church, then this is your mission. If your mission is with RCC, then you need to support the mission with your money, your time and your resources. You see, when we experience God's grace, it's like we're getting struck by lightning. Boom, oh my gosh, look how God is. What, how amazing is, what follows lightning, thunder. The thunder of your experience should be demonstrated in River City Church. And how closely it is to the lightning strike, the more powerful and the more terrifying and scary it is for the enemy. If you're being struck by the grace of God at River City Church, you're experiencing the love of God at River City Church, you're experiencing the freedom of God at River City Church, then your thunder, your sound, the quake of that grace needs to be realized through your giving to the mission of River City Church. Not that you shouldn't be giving other places. But you should definitely be giving. The thunder of your giving should follow the lightning, the experience of lightning in your life. So we have these very basic cards this year. Our tracking has become so excellent, thanks to Jonathan White, that we don't have to put on pledge amounts and all that stuff. But we want you to consider being a part of the mission that God has called us on as a church, the specific mission. And we have a slides of some ministries that we have going on here, just to reflect what God's doing in our life. We're gonna play some music now. We want you to pray. We have pens in your seats. We want you to pray about being a part of this mission. If you don't wanna fill out the card today, you don't have to. But we'd love for you to do, love for you to put it in the offering, we track it. But we're trying, to get, we're trying to get a bearing as a church. We're trying to figure out how many people are on this mission with us as a church. How many people... Are with, really with us, not showing up on Sunday mornings, but are going to communicate through their giving that this is their family. This is the place where they experience grace, and this is the mission that they want to give to. And so, all we're asking is that you fill out a pledge, and a pledge is a demonstration by faith of what you think you're able to give. You can change your pledge in the year. If you don't fulfill your pledge, we won't come track you down. We'll give you opportunities to say, hey, I need to shift, some things happen to my family, I need to do this. That's fine. But pray about what is it that God's asking you to to give to fulfill the experience of your grace in our church. And we ask for all the information so we get our records right. But it's the River City Mission of 2012. Again, we're so excited about what God's doing. But we won't be able to do all the things, all the things he's called us to, if we aren't together as a family experiencing the grace of God and fulfilling that act of grace that Paul talks about with the Corinthian church and the giving the giving of our resources back to River City Church. And so right now, we're going to play some music for you to pray. I'm going to pray. We're going to play some music for you to pledge by. That's so cheesy. And if you're a visitor, again, we don't want you to give. We want you to be here, experience God's love. If you're not ready to give at River City Church, we don't want you to give. We want you to give out of the grace that you've experienced here, out of the love you have for God. If you need to take this home and pray about it and bring it back, that's totally fine too. But we'll end with a worship song and we'll, you'll be able to come forward and give and like we always do. And you can put your normal tithe or offering in, but you can also put your pledge card in. And again, we're just trying to find out. There's a lot happening at River City Church right now, more than we've ever seen happen before. And again, some of the slides will reflect those things. On the slide, there's an asterisk next to all the ministries that we have. They're being led by volunteers, okay? Our staff hasn't grown, but we have grown in ministry. It's been amazing. Let's pray. And then you can start your little session of pledging. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the life that comes in your son, Jesus Christ, for the hope that we have in experiencing his grace and the freedom that he brings. Lord, we pray that you would silence the enemy right now, just the pressure he would like to put on us, the guilt, the condemnation we felt in giving talks before. But Lord, we know that this is a talk about mission, the invitation to experience your grace and then to give your grace out as a demonstration of our love for you and wanting to be a part of building your kingdom. We thank you again, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill us with the love and the grace that Jesus has died to give us so that we can then give with a joyful heart. Amen.